passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Episode 7 of Cruel Summer, our retrospective look back at each and every G1 Climax tournament file uh, final from 1991 to 2018. My name is W.H. Park. I'm the co-host of the Post Perez podcast with John Pollock, which you can listen to over at postwrestling.com. And oddly enough, my co-host today is also a podcaster at postwrestling.com. He's the co-host of the NXT review show Up Next. He's the man in black on Instagram. He's Braden Harrington. Braden, how are you today? Hello, WH Park. I am doing well. How are you, my friend? We haven't done a show on the Post Network yet, have we? No, we did that movie review where, where I sounded oh. terrible. No, you, we got a lot of we got a lot of good feedback for that. Actually, check out our BDE Braden Dave experience. Up next, movie review: The Raid Redemption, featuring WH Park on our. Uh, our feed there, yeah, that was great. Uh, how are you? We haven't we haven't talked wrestling, is what I mean. Oh, it's been a long time. I know. Maybe maybe January of last year. January of last year, I uh, was silly enough to travel the world, and I ended up uh, at the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom twelve. And a few days later, you were not there. No. But a few days later, you were coming home from your own travels, and we met up in uh, in Tokyo, and you took me to Caesarea. Caesarea. Yeah. The greatest Japanese restaurant of all time. Uh, well, Japanese Italian restaurant, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is which I learned was a thing right then and there. Uh, yeah, so so uh, I love uh, Japanese wrestling. I love Japanese culture. Uh, don't get any ideas. I, I live in Canada, um, but sometimes I wonder if living in Japan would be a lot of fun. You, you live there. I live here. You you must follow me on Twitter. I, I'm sharing Instagram where you just like what did what did he post this time? Probably Instagram's more my my Japanese culture, you Good. know, social yeah. media. Whereas my Twitter is more my wrestling social media. I'm the same. I'm the same way. My Twitter is like I say stupid things that I think that come to my brain and I don't tell people. I just tweet it out. Or it's it involves wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Instagram Instagram's more so like things I see and things I encounter and my travels and food I eat. You are always posting food um 
from Japan, and it makes me very jealous. Yeah, I, like, I get a lot of positive feedback about my food, you know, posts over on Facebook and Instagram. So that's why I keep doing it. You know, it's like, I, oh, this, I've taken a picture of this bowl of ramen before at the same restaurant. Ah, fuck it. I'll just do it again. Oh, you're yeah. that guy. I am that guy. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there was something that I ate in Japan at like this food festival and it blew me away. And I haven't been able to, f- I got one here once at like a festival here in Canada, but it wasn't the same. I haven't been able to like find something, but I'm going to butcher the name. I already know it, but is it Okonomoyaki? Uh, so you mean the 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 octopus balls? No, no, those are those are. Oh wait, that's takoyaki. That's takoyaki. You're talking about Japanese pancakes. Yeah, it's like this pancake, but it's like more savory. It's not sweet, and it's got a bunch of shit in it, like I don't know, veggies and like noodles and bacon. And I don't know, man, but that yeah. that shit changed my life. Yeah, okonomiyaki. Okon okonomiyaki. 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 Well, yeah, uh, anyone listening who's laughing at my pronunciation, go seek this out because it's so good. It's like this weird pancake. It's amazing. I had it once. It it blew me away. There's so a, uh, there's a good chain when I was still living in Toronto uh, of like this ramen restaurant that was up at like uh, in, uh, like north of Finch on Young, north of okay, like just between Finch and Steels, right? There was this, I forget the name of the restaurant, but I used to go there for really good ramen. But the, the other draw was that they had really good takoyaki, which is like octopus balls. In, yes. Like, so octopus in like a ball of dough. I don't want to say actual so good. octopus testicles or anything like that. No, it's definitely not. But if it was, I would still eat them because it's so delicious. And then uh, they, those, those are good. And they had like okonomiyaki there as well. So Whoa. it's good I need stuff. I to get in. Uh, I, I miss the snacks. That's probably my most major thing. A lot of people think of Japanese food as being ramen and sushi. And you know what? There is a lot of that when you go there. But there's so many – there's so much other things that you can do and try. And that's why if you're going to get anything out of this podcast today, uh, be more experimental and just try things, you know? Yeah, yeah try different foods. Like I, yeah. I'm always boggled when I meet like like other foreigners who come here. And yeah, we say, makes me I say, so mad. Let's go to like this restaurant. Let's try this kind of food. And they're like, uh, "Can we just go to a hamburger place?" And I'm like, "What? Yeah, really? It makes me so Seri- mad. Seriously? Anyways, uh, yeah. let's let's talk about wrestling because that's what this podcast yes. is about. Uh, Sorry, I, w- I just woke up. I wanted some. I wanted some breakfast. It's probably why it's on my brain. No problem. No problem. <laughs> but we gotta have wrestling on the brain. I'll, I'll let you get oh. to breakfast soon. Uh, I want to talk about your involvement with wrestling in general. When did your fandom start? And then. When did you start watching like Japanese wrestling and specifically New Japan Pro Wrestling? Sure, yeah. Um, well, I didn't watch wrestling that much growing up. I knew about it. I knew everything about it. Just I didn't really – I wasn't really into it. I wasn't really – like my buddy would tell me like, oh, man, the Hardy Boys, WrestleMania last night, they did some crazy thing. They lost their titles. It was nuts. Edge and Christian beat them. I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. But I never really like got sucked into it, I would say. Um, and then I was in my like teen years and some buddies of mine brought over uh, some wrestling video games. And uh, I think it was like Shut Your Mouth or Here Comes the Pain or something along those lines. And I was like, this is so much fun. So I kept playing the games. And then one day uh, I was bored in bed one night and I'm flipping my TV and uh, I came across uh, Velocity. And Velocity was showing recaps of SmackDown uh, from the week prior. And I was like, oh, like. Just like the video game that I was obsessed with today that I was just playing. So I like watched Velocity for a few minutes and I got really into it. And actually I saw JBL uh, 
he was doing his border Texas Mexico border uh, promo thing, the famous one where he like boots this guy back into the like the water essentially, just a true asshole, true terrible heel. And I was like, wow, this is wrestling. This is fucking terrible. This guy's an asshole. And this, then, this, this sounds like America right now. And then, yes, it does, which is oddly, yeah, it's very scary. Uh, and then, like, a few weeks later, I, like, tuned in again, and then I would tune in again here and there. And then I was like, next thing I know, I'm, like, going to the theater to watch the Royal Rumble. And then I'm, like, ordering pay-per-views. And then I just, I got totally sucked in, and uh, and I loved it. Um, but then fast forward, like, I grew up a lot, and I got I, I got kind of boring, bored with the with the product. Um, so I would, I started working with, uh, I mean, I've, I've encountered, uh, uh, Japanese wrestling before because of, uh, tape trading. People would, would do that back in the day, you know, before the internet. So, um, a few of my friends would show me matches here or there. Um, I know I watched a lot of matches with, and, and I could be wrong, mistake me, I could be mistaken, but you know, like, um, the Crispin Waz or the Eddie Guerreros, they would wear masks. Yeah. Uh, but they would be overseas. So I would be very interested in those Benoit and Guerrero specifically. Uh, so I would seek those out, but then, you know, I watch one match and they're fighting a guy or they're in a tag. And then I go, well, those guys were crazy. I want to watch those. So then I watch those or I'd watch like old ECW and I'd be like, where are they getting these imports from? Who are these Japanese guys that are so insane doing these crazy things? So I was really like in the back of my mind, like, Oh, that's always great. Uh, but it wasn't until I started working for The Law, Live Audio Wrestling, um, and one day I was like, hey, John, uh, would you recommend any specific Japanese wrestling? Because you seem to know a lot about it. So he told me to check out some uh, old Best of the Super Juniors because I told him I'm into, like, you know, high flying and stuff like that. So I, like, found some on the Internet somehow, and I was really into it. But then um, there was that guy, Fergal Devitt. Prince Devitt, who was like killing shit in New Japan. So I started watching some of his matches. I had to really, it was really hard to seek them out, but I, I found those on online and I was like really into that guy. And, you know, I was, I was into the occasional stuff. I would go to a lot of ring of honor shows in Toronto and they would always bring over um, some Japanese talent. And I always thought those guys like killed the show all the time. Um, and then I don't know, as soon as like the whole new Japan thing started getting really big. And then, you know what? I would say it was definitely with, uh, Prince Devitt uh, there for for the North American fans. It really like got attention onto him. You know, as soon as he do dressed up as Venom or whatever, people were were really into that. Um, and then ever since then, I was like really invested into kind of the matches are, are what what I like about wrestling. Like I like comedy, I like all that. But when a match is good, is what really keeps me there. Like you need to deliver essentially. And then um, uh, to to your dismay, I'm sure. Uh, I started watching this guy named Kenny Omega, and as a uh, Canadian myself, I was like, "What? This guy's over there doing this? What? This guy speaks Japanese? Nah, that can't be. No, that's not right. Like, that's not. I was against it. I was against it. And then uh, I was, I was totally sucked in there. And uh, ever since then, man, I've been, I've been super into that stuff. And I'll tell you, it's more fun talking to to random people who know nothing about wrestling, about Japanese wrestling, than it is WWE." Because they have so many more questions and they're so much more interesting, interested into it. Unless you say, yeah, I watch WWE and they're like, oh, like that Braun Strowman guy. Yeah. Total Divas, Total Bellas. And I'm like, no, don't watch that shit. I watch Japanese wrestling. And people are like, oh, well, tell me about that. And then, boom, you have a great conversation. Uh, so really, I just it was a whole trickle of, of a million different things. But I I've been sucked it and damn it, they got me. 
Okay, we have to rewind a bit. Why would I be dismayed that one of your gateway people was Kenny Omega? I know you hate Kenny Omega, WH. I, I don't hate Kenny Omega. This is not true. Yes, you do. I like Kenny Omega when he's okay. wrestling and when he's having yeah. good matches. Good, me too. I don't like Kenny Omega when he's saying stupid shit like, yeah. oh, Japanese wrestlers are lazy compared to the foreign sure. wrestlers. That's stupid shit that I don't like. I don't like when he's having terrible WWE style matches with Cody Rhodes on a New Japan show. That's shit. I don't want. I don't like that. But when he's but fighting Kota Bushi, it's great. When he's fighting Okada, it's great. You know, when he fought Tanahashi, his last match in New Japan, which I saw live, oh, so that was great. I I enjoyed that Kenny Omega. I like Kenny Omega as a person because I met him once. But this is before he joined New Japan, and and he's really nice, nice guy. I have nothing against Kenny Omega the person. I don't really have that much against him as the wrestler, but I do find some of the things he says as a shoot. I think these aren't works uh, annoying. I think they're really right. Ill, badly thought out. I don't like his necessarily his vision of what he were wants to evolve wrestling into. I, I I'm not into that, but I like him as a wrestler when he's having good matches. I'm a big fan of Kenny Omega. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least we got that cleared out because it, it it deeply hurt me. That you weren't a Kenny Omega fan. <laughs> no, I am. Uh, uh, who, uh, like, you said you, you were at Wrestle Kingdom this past year. So it was Kenny versus Tana was yeah. the, the one you were at. But I was at the one last year, and you didn't go, which I was so mad. A dude travels across the fucking world, and you're not there to hang out with me. I was like, cool, great. Um, well, I went I, to Australia, which you were there like the month before me, right? Yeah, we we, we definitely flip flopped uh, on our travels. Uh, I I wish we got to hang out in both countries. Um, but uh, I would I, I want to ask like you you were at this last wrestle wrestle kingdom. What's the what's the one match you've been at live that you like nothing is nothing's going to top that? Is there anything specifically like? I'm not saying Kenny Omega and Tanahashi has been your best match you've ever seen live. Hey, maybe it is, but. I know you've been to a lot of shows, and I'm just—I've just been wondering, like, what's what kind of what do people do? People always go, hmm, "That was the best one I've seen live." I'm I don't gonna, know. Like, I, I'm gonna say probably the, um, the Katsuyori Shibata versus Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP title. But and this is this is Shibata's last match. Yes, because he he really fucked himself up during the, during this match that he had to retire. He yep. had to go to the hospital. His life was in danger. I mean, it's hard for me to go back and watch that. I, I have, but like, it, it's amazing on the watch back. It's amazing. I've uh, watched I, it twice. Yeah, I can't watch it, it more than live. Than it was just holy shit. Oh my god, I thought he was going to win the title, and that's something I wanted to see for such a long time. I yeah. was very strongly emotionally invested in Katsuyori Shibata when he came back to Japan. So that I think the the best of the Super Junior Finals, which which had Kushida versus uh, Kyle O'Reilly, uh, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Great, great match. I love that match. I'm hoping they redo it in NXT. In NXT, yeah, me too. So I'm gonna listen to you, you and Davey review that episode when it of that episode or an episode of Takeover where that might happen. I hope it's a Takeover show. Yeah, imagine. Uh, I mean, Kushida makes his NXT debut uh, next week, depending on when you're listening to this, which is pretty crazy. Kushida, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish. There's a bunch of guys who traveled through New Japan who are now in NXT, which is really nuts, but. I did love that Shibata match. It's definitely one of the best matches I've ever seen. Um, so I, that's I, yeah, I, that, that would be the one that maybe resonates with me really, like as a live experience. But I, I I've been fortunate, like living here for almost nine years now. Like I've seen so many great wrestling matches. 
Oh, you know what? Last year, I saw an amazing match in All Japan. Uh, the last year's Champions Carnival. It was Shingo Takagi event against Shuji Ishikawa at Corican Hall. That match was amazing. If you could find it, I definitely recommend you watch it. If you're not, I know you're familiar with Shingo, but you might not be familiar with Shuji Ishikawa. He's an amazing wrestler. He guys in his 40s, but he's still killing it. It's amazing. Wow. But but we, we we have to get to today's topic, which is right. uh, not wrestling of today, but wrestling of yesteryear. We're going to go back to the year 1997, Braden. How old were you in 1997? I was six. You were six years old, so you probably did not watch uh, the G1 Climax from 1997. No, so, I was tuned in live. So I'm, I'm going to give you some background information about the 97 G1. Uh, okay. It was a 14-man single elimination tournament with uh, Kensuke Sasaki and Buff Bagwell, of all people, receiving buys to the quarterfinals. Uh, the tournament was held from August 1st to August 3rd. So it's only a three-day tournament, which is uh, a far cry from what we get these days, where it's a whole tour encompassing the, the good part of two months. So, And all three days t- took place at Sumo Hall, uh, one of my favorite places to watch wrestling, except in the summer. Because it's really fucking hot in that place. <laughs> Sounds gross. It, it's it, dude. I almost died. I did it. Like the sweaty stand. Teddy. Oh man! Like maybe it's like the sweaty BDE. The the, the BDE is never sweaty. Is it? Is it air conditioned? Yes. Is it going to be nice and air conditioned when I come visit there in August? Yeah, we're doing a SummerSlam party. Uh, the BDE is air conditioned. Don't worry. Okay. All right, let's talk, let's talk about the participants in this year's, uh, in 1997's uh, G1. So, Kensuke Sasaki, Buff Bagwell, The Great Muda, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, Junji Hirata, Kazuo Yamazaki, Manabu Nakanishi, Masahiro Chono, Michiyoshi Ohara, Satoshi Kojima, Scott Norton, Shinya Hashimoto, Steven Regal, who you might know as William Regal, and Tadao Yasuda. Um, so at this point, the WCW connection with New Japan was very strong and to the point where they allowed New Japan to have their own version of the NWO called the NWO Japan and led by uh, Masahiro Chono. Uh, and NWO Japan was fucking hot. Like t-shirt sales were like rivaling what was happening really? in North America. Oh, yeah. Okay, so so like again, I was very young, and of course I know what the NWO is. I own an NWO shirt. I own, I you know, I grew up writing NWO all over things and graffitiing and stuff. But watching this now, I notice whenever it cut to the crowd, yo, these Japanese people were rocking those NWO shirts, like Bullet Club shirts. Now, like like they were, there was a lot of people wearing NWO in this crowd. So I'm happy that you said that because it makes sense. They probably made so much money. Well, you saw Buff Bagwell and Scott Norton. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah, it made sense that you know you you push the shirt, but when it whenever it cut to crowd shots from this 1997 event, you just see them a sea of them. It's like now in the Bullet Club shirts, it's the same thing, black and white. You know who were the so it was Norton and Bagwell. You know who the other major representative of NWO Japan uh, was? Just tell <laughs> me, uh, NWO Sting, Jeff Farmer. <laughs> okay, that's terrible. As soon as I saw Buff Bagwell, WH, I almost shut this off. <laughs> no, actually, him and Norton were a good tag team in Japan. Oh, man. Vicious and Delicious. You got to love that name, Fred. Ooh, I do love that name, actually. Wow. That's my middle name now. Is it? Who's, which, which, wait, wait which, one's, which one are you and which one is Davey? 
Uh, I'm delicious. <laughs> I'm sure when I have him on the show and, and on his episode, I'll ask him the same thing. He'll he might have a different answer. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, he says uh, uh, that I am not delicious and that he is vicious. Because wait, so it's Sid vicious is vicious and Buff Bagwell. No, no, Scott Norton was Scott Norton. Was Sorry, vicious. why did I say Sid vicious? I don't know. <laughs> Scott Norton. Yeah, he can be Scott Norton. I'll be Buff Bagwell. Okay. Uh, so getting back to the tournament, uh, round one and two were held on August first and second. Uh, the semifinals were Tenzan versus Hashimoto and Norton versus Sasaki, which set up Sasaki versus Tenzan. Which and those finals were held on August third. So let's talk about the match. You watched the match, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. I borrowed uh, my roommate Davey's uh, New Japan World. Did he let you borrow his his login? He didn't give you shit for that. I was like, hey, I'm supposed to watch this certain match. Uh, I would like to borrow a login, and he's like, yeah, sure. Oh, that's nice. So that's a good lad there. Uh, so I tuned in on my uh, my uh, New Japan World. It's kind of hard when you can't speak Japanese. You can change the, the English settings, my friend. Yeah, but the translation isn't good. <laughs> this is true. It, it's 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 kind of like a trial and error once you get used yeah. to it. But you yeah, don't actually I've... have your own account, so that kind of hinders you, I guess. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the match. So you know, the screen comes up. We see Tenzon, and he's seconded by the NWO: Bagwell, Norton, uh, Saido, and Chono. Uh, Suzuki has Tado Yasuda in his corner. He also has Shinjiro Otani and Takashi Izuka when he was a you know a regular human being and not the crazy man that he uh, became in the later stages of his career. Uh, you also see a shot of Tenzan that his lower lip is a bit bloody, and I think it's either from a previous match or from a cold sore. And I hope oh. and I hope it's the former, like especially oh. what what we would see later on in the match. Uh, yeah, I did notice his lip was busted before the match even started. Yeah, I, I'm thinking is probably fr- probably from uh, who who do you fight again? Hashimoto. It's probably from Hashimoto. Hashimoto was known to like like really be stiff with his opponents, so probably uh, came I, from a chop. I hope it's not a cold sore. No, especially like we're gonna talk about what what happens later on in this match. Uh, the match starts. Uh, Tenzan comes rushing out of the gate and attacks uh, Sasaki with strikes and gets the early advantage on him. He hits a diving headbutt on him. Uh, Kazuki Sasaki fires back with a hard slap. Really fucking hard slap. He wallops him with this. Mm-hmm. And then these clubbering punches right to the head of Tenzan. Like, he's not fucking around like Sasaki, you know? These are these are what we like to call on our show up next. We like to call this Big Lads Wrestling. Big Lads Wrestling, these, yes. Yeah, these guys are some big hosses. These guys are just some big Japanese dudes trying to fight each other. Uh, that one slap you said... Definitely rocked uh, rocked him in the face. But what would you call? Do you call those other chops the Mongolian chops? The one Tenzan does. Yeah, the ones where you go oh yeah, and you like hit the guy like right like both hands you chop at the same time, uh, basically on each side of the neck on the shoulders. What do you call yeah, those? Mongolian chops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're so you're talking about like so Tenzan regains the advantage on Sasaki with the Mongolian chops that Braden uh, astutely observed. Amusing, and then he hits his um, mountain bomb on him, which is like he picks him up into a kind of a backdrop when he keeps like control of his opponent. That's called the mountain bomb. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Kensuke kicks out, uh, kicks at uh, you know Tenzan's legs to set up the uh, scorpion deathlock. At oh, this point, I can't believe you just called it that. What, do you, what am I supposed to call it? 
You're supposed to call it what the actual Japanese announcers called it. You're supposed to call it what a true Canadian calls it. You're supposed to call it the name of the move, WH. Which is? The sharpshooter. Listen, listen. This, this New Japan is affiliated with WCW. Yeah. With, at this time, it's called the Scorpion. The, the announcers were going, sharpshooter. <laughs> no, they weren't. You're no, lying. They no, they no, were I swear, Yeah, I swear to you, they were. I swear to you, they were. I did I even not wrote hear. It down. I did. I was <laughs> getting mad right. because it's NWO, and and I was like, they're gonna call it that stupid move. And then I heard them like, I can't understand what they're saying because it's in Japanese. But he went, oh, da da da, sharp shooter. I was like, yes, it's called that. That's You're exactly probably mistaking it for something else. They're probably no. you, you think they're saying something else. You thought they're saying sharpshooter. You gotta, you gotta go back and listen to it, and you're gonna tell me, yeah, listen. I'm wrong. Uh, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> listen, listen. I, I wrote this down in my notes as Scorpion Deathlock, so that's what <laughs> I'm gonna fucking call it. All right. <laughs> I'm so mad because, like, aren't you Canadian in some capacity? I am Canadian in every capacity. Yeah, apparently not, because you just called that move the wrong move. It's I, I don't like. I don't like what you're implying here, Brayden. I'm going to go on Twitter later, and I'm going to say, what do you call this move? And people are going to call it the sharpshooter. <laughs> yeah, except if they're from North Carolina, then they're going to call it the Scorpion <laughs> Deathlock, all right? All right, at this point... <laughs> anyways, so at this point, Chono jumps up on the apron to cause a distraction, and then we see NWO Muda uh, lurking about, which I don't understand why they showed this, because he didn't actually end up you know, getting involved in the match at all. So it's just this, you know, this shot of like Muda and his NWA, you know, face paint at the time, and like which is like peeling at this point because he just had a match. So kind of pointless there. Uh, you see Yasuda and Nakanishi try to get Chono off of their apron, but are both, uh, you know, but they're both blocked by Norton and Bagwell. So you're seeing kind of like this kind of American influence on like the kind of the proceedings of the match, like on the outside, which I think kind of confused a lot of the fans, even though they were used to seeing the NWO in in New Japan at that point. I don't think they wanted to see something like, you know, that kind of American style of entertainment wrestling kind of permeating into like something as sacred as the G1 at the time. Yeah, I was going to say, like when when I watch Japanese wrestling, there's certain things that the crowd definitely reacts to way differently. Like even if, a say, a heel were to grab a, a weapon like a chair and go to hit the, the baby face, but the baby face fights back and stops him. If the baby face were to hit the guy with the chair, the crowd would turn on him. Like the crowd gets mad at, at good guys doing bad guy things, which is good. Like you said, it's like sacred. So uh, when, when there's a, in, ever interference, like the crowd is always like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't like this. We don't, what's going on here? What's happening? So you're right. The The crowd definitely shifted. I thought the crowd was pretty loud for a Japanese crowd in this, in this particular, in 1997 for the G1. Like what? The crowd was pretty awake. Yeah, they're pretty awake. I, I will say like, you know, this is being the seventh episode of this show. Like I, I've watched the previous six uh, matches of the, you know, from 1991 to 1996. And this was, this was a hot crowd, but yeah. I, I felt it was a little bit, lower than like the excitement sure. level was a sure. little bit lower um i think it had a different factors i think you know like kind of like some of the interference like that led up to like tenzan getting into the finals with being a member of the nwo i think i think people were like also not as high on sasaki at this time because he was kind of being really kind of pushed down people's throat as like the next big thing in the company and i think oh, they, okay i think they still wanted to have like muto and Chono and Hashimoto kind of be like their top stars and kind of make Kensuke kind of wait 
a little bit more and let them let the three musketeers have their time and then bring Kensuke up. But the the booker at the time, Ricky Choshu, was like Kensuke was his boy, right? So he really pushed him maybe to the point where people were kind of turning on him, even though he's still like a really awesome wrestler. But if we get back to the match, uh, we see that uh, Kensuke finally locks on the sharpshooter. Uh, <laughs> but Tenzan uh, is able to get to the ropes and break the move. At this point, we see Tenzan is fully bleeding from the lips. So I yes. really, really, really hope it's not a cold sore. Oh, I, uh, I took a good look at it. And then I looked in, in the mirror and I was like, oh, that doesn't look the same. So he's good. Are you saying you have a cold sore right now? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, the shot of him bleeding when he's locked in the STF is like a poster worthy shot. Cause this dude is like locked in this, like this submission hold, which the arm is wrapped around your head and mouth. Therefore, wh- where are you bleeding from your mouth? Therefore the blood is just spewing out. It looks so good. It looks so violent. This is Japanese wrestling. When I was like, Hey, look at this. And you show someone this image They'll be like, yeah, that's exactly what I imagine Japanese wrestling is. This guy bleeding from the mouth, spitting blood, being choked out. Looked great. Yeah, so you mentioned the STF. I think that was a big, like, fuck you to Chono. Because of, like, you know, like, hey, you interfere in my match. I'm going to use your move on your boy right here, right? So at this point, uh, Kensuke tries for a Northern Lights bomb. But uh, Tenzan turns it into a really shitty looking Tenzan Tombstone Driver. (laughs) Will you explain this move? Yeah, what is this? <laughs> well, no, you explain it. Okay, well, I wrote that it looked like it was supposed to be a tombstone or something wild, but it ended up being a shoulder breaker, a shitty shoulder breaker. So, you know the Michinoku driver, right? It's one of the best moves ever, yes. So, it's kind of like set up like a Michinoku driver where the guy holds his opponent in a body slam position. Yeah. It's going to drive him into the into the mat, but like, you know, Taka usually turns into a, like a back bump, right? Yep. Tenzan's going to turn it into a tombstone pile driver where he's going to land like on his knees, like drive yeah. the guy's head and like at the same time his knees to kind of like break his opponent's neck kind of. Yeah. Not really, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a good looking move, except when he does it right. He didn't do it very right here. It's a, it's a move. It's a move quite like the tombstone that it also not matters on how well you do it or uh, have it done to you. But camera work, especially, adds to that move in general. Like, you watch any famous tombstone, the camera usually helps protect when Undertaker or Kane is, like, three inches from the ground and the guy's head is nowhere near. <laughs> so, where should the was... camera, so where should the camera be? I, I tend to think, like, from a, like a like straight on, like a head-on shot yeah. of, of, the, of the person. Well, it usually cuts. The... Usually cuts. You watch a tombstone, it cuts during the, the impact. So you can't see where the guy's head actually didn't hit. You just see the guy dropping, and you're like, whoa, he died. Um, so, I mean, some tombstones are, in history are brutal, especially uh, – I, I do love when Okada does it. Um, but I, I thought this was supposed to be a shoulder breaker because I was like, oh, wait, was he supposed to tombstone him? But it just didn't work out. Okay, let's pretend it's a shoulder breaker then. Yeah, maybe uh, he did... was hoping like people would think it was a shoulder breaker too. <laughs> So at this point, uh, Tenzan goes for a big diving headbutt, which he's famous for. But, you know, Kensuke kicks out to a big pop. And the, you can tell now the crowd is firmly yeah. behind their New Japan hero in Kensuke, Kensuke Sasaki. Uh, at this point, uh, Tenzan uh, tries 
uh, slams and eventually gives him a slam and tries another diving headbutt. And, you know, the crowd really now is just super hyped up for this match, Braden. I bit here. This is where I bit. I thought my boy Tanzan, uh, the baddie, I like bad guys in wrestling. That's why I watch wrestling. Um, and I thought this guy hit like seven headbutts in this match or some shit like that. Yeah, he hit these flying headbutts. The first one, like n- near the end here, the first one of these two, I was like, ooh, could this be it? And the guy kicks out. I was like, no, no, no. He didn't get him on a, on a headbutt. But then he goes up top for another one. And like you said, and like I was saying, the crowd all of a sudden just starts to wake up even more. So he hits this huge flying headbutt a second time, and that's when I bit. I was like, this is it. Put him to bed. And the man's kicked out. Yeah, and then this is where they start trading headbutts. Like, they were two, like, rams, you know, like, they're on their hands and knees and just, like, ramming their heads into each other. Not something I like to see, actually, even even back then. Especially now, like, going back, I'm like, oh, that's, don't do that, guys. It's, it's not good for your long-term <laughs> health. Um, and so, uh, at this point, then there's big blows from Kensuke to uh, Tenzon's face again. And then he finally hits the Northern Lights bomb to a one count, which is which is like big thing for Tenzon to do that because it is one of Kensuke's finishers. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we get a big lariat from Kensuke and another Northern Lights bomb for the win at how long was this match, Raiden? Did you did you time it? I didn't, but uh, ten minutes. It was less than ten minutes. This match was only six minutes and seventeen wow. seconds. Uh, definitely the shortest match in the finals history up to this point. I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go on a limb and say probably most G1 finals were longer than six minutes and seventeen seconds. So it was a really really short match. Uh, what did you think about this match? Uh, I mean, uh, when you told me that I had to watch this match. I was like, well, I'm not super familiar with these two. Uh, and then I Googled them. And I am f- more familiar with uh, Tenzan than I am uh, Sasaki. How do you pronounce his name? Kensuke Sasaki. Sasaki, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, so I, I was like, yeah, whatever, let's do it. Um, and then I watched it the other day. Uh, and yeah, it was fine. It felt like, a, it felt like a, nine, a 90s WCW kind of. It felt like I was watching... Some, I wasn't. I wouldn't say this was a bad match. Um, I wouldn't say it was the best match I've ever seen either. Um, I really liked the the like the brawling style. Like I said, big lads wrestling. Both of these guys are like bigger. They're they're hitting each other, obviously, like pretty hard in some some parts of it. Um, I mean, enough where the guy was his his lip was bleeding even more. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was fun. I thought it definitely felt like WCW w- did have their hands in it because you know the whole uh nwo kind of interfering and things like that but at the end of the at the end of the match it still felt like a genuine uh like new japan g1 kind of thing because you had the you had uh the 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 good guy go over and and the crowd really i don't know you could really hear in, in that in that crowd which again you don't hear as much um in japanese wrestling but yeah i thought i had fun enjoying it and maybe because it was six minutes long you know what? If it was 12, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, I think it was like 30. You might not have liked it as much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, th- like definitely not with like Tenzan at this point. He hasn't really been established as a as a major star. At this I liked point. him more. I liked him more. You you like Tenzan more than you like Kensuke. Yeah. I, again, I love the baddies. I'm all about the bad guys. But he did all the work in this match. He was the guy jumping up the top rope like seven times doing headbutts. Like he, the other guy didn't do too much. And then he got the win. I guess that's how wrestling works. 
Well, I mean, this I think this was designed to be like a kind of a sprint type match yeah. with the goal of really kind of cementing Kensuke's push to the top of the card uh, in, in New Japan at this point. Because like he's the project at this point. He's like there, like what like Ghetto does, did, does, is doing with uh, Jay White right now. So yeah. she was doing with like um, Kensuke. So, I mean, I, I mean, ultimately it worked because he became like this legend in Japanese wrestling outside of New Japan and inside New Japan. Like he became a legend in Japan, in New Japan, and then he left New Japan and then he became an, a legend working all these independents, including like, you know, Noah and All Japan and Dragon Gate. So he, right. he just, you know, he just had an amazing career post New Japan. But obviously the, he laid the foundation for his popularity and like his kind of like stature in, in Japanese wrestling in matches like this. Um yeah, I, I like the match. I'm glad it was only six minutes too, uh, just for my own sake, selfishly. Uh, but I thought it was it was probably the weakest of the matches I've reviewed so far for Cool Summer. So you you purposely picked this one for me? No, I didn't you're know like, the length of like, when I picked it for you're you. You're like worst worst match, worst guest. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. I I asked you to pick a match, and you said I don't care. Okay, I'll pick something that's that was left. There were many think matches that were already taken, but hey, there's anyways. a lot of there, there. That is true. There is a lot of G1 matches that I would have picked over this match, but it, I digress. <laughs> next time, next time we do something like this, I'll let, I'll get to you earlier and let you pick whatever you want to watch. Okay? No, I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, what what is your uh, what's your favorite G1 uh, matches that you've seen? Uh, prob- I- probably the first one, uh, Mudo versus uh, Chono. It was really really okay. good. So, it so far, huh? It was amazing. Well, you should ask David to watch it with you. You know, it's 1991. I got to I got to give him back his uh, New Japan World login. <laughs> I'm sure I he changed, knows I it. I changed it. Changed Did you? It on. <laughs> no, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> that would be really cool. Uh, um, I, I wonder how many uh, strong zeros uh, Hiroshi Tenzan had to have after this match because he lost. How many would you have to have if you had a bloody lip from a cold sore? Oh, gross. You can't get alcohol in there. Oh, actually, maybe it would be helpful. The 9% strong zero would help clean it out. Um, <laughs> you still haven't sent me a care package. Uh, I, where's my care package, motherfucker? What Canadian care package would you want sent over? Oh, God. I don't know. I'd have to get back to you. I, you know, you can like go to Waste House and steal one of them uh, post-wrestling ice cap patreon uh packages and just mail that to me i mean i have some of the stuff from them so i could just send you individually uh like i got the coasters and the, and the shirts and uh, all this I, I, uh, I, i'm sure i'll get hooked up in august when i'm when I visiting <laughs> um so the the are you are you interested in how they're doing the g1 this year in 2019 because aren't they doing it like half in japan and then half not no just one match just the opening is in dallas oh Okay, Everything okay. else is back in Japan. Um, I'm okay with it. I, I think it's an interesting experiment. I'm, I'm really curious to see what the gate will be like for that mm-hmm. show. I'm, I'm really curious to see what the crowd's going to be like in terms of the reactions and things. Um, I, I think they're only going to give them one block. I don't think they're going to give them a two-block show. Yeah. Um, so I'm, gonna be, I'm curious to see what they're going to book for that show because I really think they want this to be maybe their real launch point, like, MSG was kind of like a pseudo launch point for their, you know, U.S. expansion because they had the ROH involvement at MSG. Right. 
but this is going to be a pure New Japan show. I, at least I hope it is. I, I do not want to see really the involvement of ROH too much anymore in New Japan. I don't think you will. I don't think you will. I mean, I was at uh, MSG for the, the show, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, the Ring of Honor stuff, you know, say what you will. It definitely didn't. It, did, it didn't equal up to the New Japan stuff. If you watch the Ibushi Naito match, you will see me and David losing our minds uh, during a kickout near the end of that match. Um, I thought I thought the two main matches from New Japan delivered, like beyond delivered, but the Ring of Honor stuff was a little, I was a little iffy on, but that's where I'm kind of at, uh, where I kind of want to bring it up is like the North American New Japan fans, like me, say in the past few years, we caught on to the Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks or whatever, whoever it was that you got caught on and you've been watching. I feel like they're kind of, th- those fans are going to kind of turn and join the AEW train instead of sticking with New Japan, I feel like, in a weird way. Because think uh, literally, I-, I will say that the, the Kenny Omega-Chris Jericho match just the uh, the whole ang- setting up the angle and the setup that did more for New Japan than anything else ever, because it had so many people here looking over and being like, oh, why am I not watching that? So say you had 100 people who saw that maybe 30 of them stuck around and ordered New Japan World now and are obsessed with it. But then maybe 15 of those 30 are like, well, why? When Kenny and the Bucks and, and all them are doing AEW, I feel like. There needs to be another another hook there that they can get. And doing these shows with Ring of Honor kind of was the wrong the wrong move. So you're saying that the one in Dallas is kind of like the real fresh start, the real coat of paint for them, for American fans, because they don't need to tie in Ring of Honor to say, well, that was that was Ring of Honor. They need to now just say, this is what we do and this is what we got. Here are some crazy Japanese wrestling matches for you guys to take in and i feel like it'll really work they just really need to to deliver now i feel like it's just this weird lull we lost we lost the gaijin and like yeah sorry but a lot of north americans will tune in to see another north american but then they stay for everything else because they realize this is actually amazing like myself so i'm just like what do they do now to kind of keep these people from tuning out and just watching AEW. Because listen, I, I'm, I'm I'm an American. I pay for my WWE network. I'm not an American, but I'm saying, you know, <laughs> thank God I'm not American. Kidding, kidding. Uh, I pay for my WWE network, right? And then I pay for my, my New Japan. I'm not going to pay for more than that. Like, come on. How much wrestling can I purposely pay for and then actually watch? Like, I just feel like the, the direct competition is going to be uh, the guys that kind of helped New Japan get to this big slot, and then they dipped on them. I don't know. No, I, I, I don't see it that way. I, I personally feel that, like, you know, the most valuable person that they lost was Omega um, for kind of, like, you know, keeping the North American, the Western audience. They did. You know? They did, 100%. But, but, is, he, but is he 100% done? I, I don't know. Like, he's still, like, you know, I think they would like to have him back depending on, like, what they can work out with him and with work out with AEW. I don't think they want an AEW alliance. I think they want access to Omega, but on yeah. their terms. I don't think they want Omega on his terms. I think they want Omega on their terms more than on his terms. That's just my gut feeling about that. But, you know, I think they're they're doing a job of, like, trying to build these other guys who are still there. I, I personally think Will Ospreay is the guy 
who's going to open the doors to a larger Western audience. And you have yep. Jay White as well. I'm not a huge fan of Jay White, but I do see, I do feel like there's like something like that can be done with him in the future. Not as a, not as switchblade, but as Jay White, as a, as a baby face. Um, but, you know, I don't want to talk too much about present day new Japan. There are still things like we, one, one more point about uh, the, the, the 1997 G1 uh, like as you well know, Braden, like uh, the winner of the G1 Climax gets a title shot uh, mm-hmm. at the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, and uh, Ken Skate would get this uh, shot, and he would cash in his title shot on August 31st at Power Hall in Yokohama, and he would win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship from then champion Shinya Hashimoto. Uh, so that wraps up the um, kind of the 1997 portion. The wrestling portion of 1997 of this particular episode. But, Brayden, did you know I do trivia on this show? No. So we're going to do some trivia. I, I stole this idea from John Pollock, obviously. So Okay. Uh, let's talk a bit about music. Okay, in, 19, in August of 1997, Brayden, what was the number one song in Canada? Oh, God. In 1997? Yes. Uh, in Canada, it had to be something Shania Twain. Uh, uh, close. It's a, it's another female artist. It's not Shania though. Uh, Celine. It's not Celine. Okay. Is it, is she Canadian? <laughs> She's definitely Canadian. Oh, uh, Alanis Morissette. Wow. Uh, no. Um. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm not looking up anything. Um. I'm just thinking. Is she's Canadian. She's she's Canadian. She's from the West Coast, I think. Oh. Oh God. Uh. Uh. Crap. Okay. I don't know. Give me a clue. I don't... It's uh, her first name begins with an S and her last name begins with an M. Sarah. Yeah. Sarah McLaughlin. That's right. So what was the song? Do you know? Uh, was it the song they play in all those ads to make me uh, donate to like funds that I can't donate to or buy a dog or something like, I will remember you. Uh, so is that... That... Well, the song is called Building a Mystery. Is that, that the song they play in those ads? It could be that song, dude. I don't know. They probably, yeah, I thought she only had that song. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so um, let's move on to what was the number one number one album in Canada at this time? Oh, so it wasn't Sarah McLaughlin? It was Sarah McLaughlin. Do you know the name of the album, though? I don't know the name of the album. God, okay, it's, no, it's, I'll uh, remember you. It's called uh, Surfacing by Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, what a banger. Classic. Classic. You know, it's a good album. I have that album. I'm sure back in back in my house in Toronto. Uh, yeah, you would. No, I like Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> nothing wrong with rocking Sarah. Sorry, we can't all like we can't all be liking Drake like you. You know. <laughs> no, I like all sorts of things. Hey, didn't Sarah McLaughlin actually uh, work on a Drake song? So get out of here. Did she? I don't know. I'm I, I would think. Sure. I would think that's more Nelly Furtado rather than Sarah McLaughlin. But I no, could be wrong. S- Someone, uh, I, I, I like Nelly Furtado. Uh, she was a big thing. My, my, she's Portuguese Canadian, which as am I. And uh, my family actually were in some of her music videos, like extras and stuff. But uh, not really one of my, my fortes. It, is that your, your, Sarah McLaughlin's your favorite Canadian artist? No, she's not my favorite. <laughs> no, Drake is yours. You know what? I could not tell you a single Drake song. Like if you played it for me, like you said, this is Drake. I yeah, is I it? bet I I bet I could play uh, Hotline Bling, and you would know it. No, probably not. Yeah, I, I it's not that I, like I don't want to like Drake or anything. I just I'm just not familiar with Drake because I I stopped listening to hip hop like in 1999, maybe. So two years after this G one, 
Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, let's let's continue. We're almost done with the trivia. What's the number one movie in North America at this time, Brain? In '97. Yeah. In August, fuck. It had to be like some stupid summer blockbuster, like Independence Day or something. I don't know what came out in '97. Uh, it was well, you know, you're kind of close because it also involves the U.S. president. You know, Air Force one. one. That's right, Air Force One. Okay, get off my plane. Okay, let's let's talk about wrestling now. I got three trivia questions about who were certain champions at this time in August of 1997. Who is the WWF European champion? Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, Val Venus. Val Venus. No, it's a European. It's the first European champion. It's got to be someone European then, right? Yes. Uh, who was European? I don't know. Who was European back then? I don't How old were you again? I was just like, wait, this is 1997, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I was six. Come on. I wasn't watching wrestling. <laughs> okay. I was watching old wrestling. It was the British Bulldog. Oh, yeah, see, Bulldog. that makes that makes more sense. I'm sorry. I let everyone down. Uh, he's also kind of Canadian. You're, you're, yeah, you're exactly. That's, Canadian. Why, that's why. That's why I said. Yeah, that's why I said I let everyone down. All right. Let, let's see. Maybe you don't. You won't know these. Maybe who is the WCW United States Champion in August of 1997? Um, well, it wasn't Bret Hart. It was Goldberg. It's not Goldberg. He. This man recently went into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, Honky Tonk Man. Jeff kind of Jarrett. a sim- Jeff Jarrett, yes. Similar gimmick to the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, they're the same person to me. Uh, I can see that. I can see where people <laughs> will say that. And finally, last piece of trivia. Who is the ECW television champion? Oh, fuck. Uh, Taz. Yes. It's Taz. Yeah. Great. Because you said 97, and like that was, he, was, he was hot around that time. So I imagine he's, he was carrying some sort of title. Uh, wow, I didn't do too bad. I mean, you helped no. me out a lot. No, it's okay. I think it's hard when you're six. It's hard when I was six years old. All right. Uh, Well, you know, let's this wraps up uh, episode seven of Cruel Summer. And by the way, you know, the name comes from is inspired by something you and Davey did. You know that, right? Um, Cruel Summer, the song Bananarama. Well, you know, you did a review show of the Mae Young Classic 2. What was the name of that show? Um... It was called Forever Young. Which is the name of... An Alphaville song. song. Yeah, Alphaville song from the 1980s. And I, when, I, when I was listening to that, I was like, that's a great name. And I was like, that's a, oh, I want to do something like that. If I do my own show, you know, separate from what I do with right. John, I want to name it after some kind of 80s pop song because that's, like, that's my jam. So right. I thought, I'm going to do G1. I want to do something like what Davey and Braden did with the May Young Classic 2 with the Forever Young show. You like that, eh? You like I that. I did. Right? I, I thought it was a great idea. It was I'm one of smart. my I'm smart. Who picked that? Was it you or him? Oh yeah. It was me. Okay. So you can take credit for that. I can I, I wanted to say, yeah, I wanted to publicly acknowledge with one of you here, like that that was a big inspiration for the naming of this show. So you know what we gotta do? We gotta get John away to start a new show that is named after another 80s song. And then we all go to Japan for Wrestle Kingdom next year in January. And then we all get a karaoke room. Get a karaoke room, and then we all sing those songs. You'll sing you, Bananarama. I'll sing Alphaville. Dude, you're never going to get either John or Way to do karaoke. I have seen John Pollock 
at a karaoke bar, but I've never seen him sing karaoke. He refuses. He's against it. Yes, I, I don't think I don't, and I don't think he's the type of person who's going to get blindingly drunk enough to be coerced into doing a karaoke effort. John's so, never John's never had strong zeros though. Yeah, we'll see if we can get John to drink any strong zeros. Anyone, anyone listening, please send me strong zeros from Japan, please, and Boss Coffee. Please. Tommy Lee Jones on the cover. Oh my God. So good. I don't even care about the ads, which they are amazing, but I just, the coffee's great. Um, I feel like, I feel like I'll get, I'll get some, uh, I'll get you singing some karaoke. I'm, I'm all about the karaoke, my friend. Who do you, what song do you think uh, Hiroshi Tenzan sings a karaoke? <laughs> I, I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea what his, uh, what his jam would be. Probably some J-pop song, I would imagine. But uh, Endless, we, Endless Rain. Endless Rain by uh, Japan X. Oh, you like Japan X? It's, it's, Bro, I know it's my X shit. Japan. X Japan. Sorry, X -Japan. apparently I don't know my shit. <laughs> X Japan, Japan X. You know, in English translations, the uh, the words are flipped backwards, so that's why. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So I, I I can't blame you for that. But uh, let's wrap up this show, Braden. Thank you so much for joining me on uh, Cruel Summer. Arigato gozaimasu. And where can people find you? And I'm sure you have a clothing line to promote as well, don't you? Yes. Uh, up next, every Thursday, postwrestling.com. We are on iTunes. We review NXT. Uh, me and my roommate, Davey, we do uh, movie reviews as well. We've done some really nerdy stuff. We've done the raid with UWH, which was awesome. We got a great response from that. Uh, so check out that. We will be reviewing Star Wars all the way up until the next release of the final Skywalker saga film. So check out that. Um, you can follow myself on my socials, on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me, message me. I will always reply back at the Bray D. And uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash up next is where you can get our official T-shirts for the podcast. But uh, go and check us out. And uh, WH, thank you for having me on this cruel, cruel summer. And uh, maybe uh, I'll see you uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I think you're going to see me during SummerSlam weekend in Toronto. Oh, right. You're going to come to the Up Next TakeOver tailgate in Toronto. There's a lot of tees there. Yeah, you might need to get me a ticket for the TakeOver show itself. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, we, maybe we'll just uh, get them last minute. Oh, God. I heard, I, I heard about your stories in New York. I, hopefully not, that's <laughs> but anyways uh, I want to thank all the listeners for checking out uh, this week's episode and I'll see everyone on the next episode bye bye <laughs>